What's up, you dirtbags? Luke and I are back in studio with another huge episode. Um, this is after our latest Dirtbags University. Luke, cheers. How we doing, man? Cheers to you, my man, with my water in hand, unfortunately, tonight. We have more snow in the forecast, so Jeremy... I'm not drinking again, just so you know. Yeah. Dude, just showing him the water bottle full of vodka, like on yeah, camera. I, I can't Don't believe smell. you did that. Don't smell. <laughs> doing one of the... <laughs> oh, oh, man. Water, I promise. But good, yeah. man. How are you doing? Um, yeah, man. I'm doing great. I'm so stoked for this episode. Um, you know, we've had a couple bangers recently of just episodes that are really taken off for us. And so it's exciting to see more and more people listening to them, uh, but also just like continuing to bring on um, the right guests, the right people, uh, and just trying to add value to the listeners. I think, so this one is going to be really relatable because everybody oh, yeah. in our industry will, will, this will happen to them it, many times, probably throughout their working lives, right? So a very, very important topic and couldn't get a better guest on other than Matt with Sapphire Construction Services. Matt, how you doing, man? Doing pretty good. How you couple dirt bags doing? Good, brother. Good. Duty. I just stole Luke's intro. Usually he's the one that introduces everybody. So Dude, I, I love it. Number radar there. Luke, you didn't give you didn't give the old studie though. I that's true. Studie. Yep. Matt Studie. There we go. Not to be confused with study. Yeah, as Luke would say before we started airing, he was like, Matt is oh, this come on. study. I'm <laughs> not supposed to tell everybody that. Most of the time I just let it brush off my shoulder. I'm pretty used to it. I'm like, I know they're talking about me, so it's all good. That's funny. Oh, that's good. Well, no, thank you for taking the time to uh, to talk to us, man. So we're we're anxious to get this one rolling. Yeah. And Matt, sounds like you, uh, you know, got it rolling a little earlier, a little 4 p.m. nap going, a little bourbon before the show. Like, yeah, I mean, I was, are you a little juiced up to be here? I was half, I was half ass ready to just go to bed for the night, but <laughs> I knew I had to be here. So I had to get fired up and pepped up and head back to the office. So we've got, uh, I know you guys are on the NA, but we're doing, drinking a little chicken cock. Oh, oh, nice. Let's go. I've never had that before, but where is that a that's not a Montana one, is it? Like a Montana brewed whiskey? Tell you the truth, still? Couldn't even tell you where it's from. It was one I I kind of like just dabbling in something new and I found it at a store a few weeks ago and it kind of stuck. So imagine walking through the kept, store kept and you around. see chicken cock. Chicken and like, cock. I'm gonna try that one. Tosses a lot of confusion in people's way, for sure. <laughs> yeah. What are, you, what are you drinking? <laughs> chicken cock. You never had it? Never had it? All right, cool. <laughs> Oh shit, that's funny. Um, well, basically, Luke, um, not to kind of burst the intro here, but Matt, you had—I don't remember what was it. it was did we send you something on Instagram, or did you reach out to us? I can't. I remember. originally reached out, reached out to you guys. Yes, um, I just said started listening to the podcast here. I mean, shit, it's probably only been—it's probably been longer than I thought, but I want to say three or four weeks. Came across you guys always looking for another another good dirt podcast i've kind of ran my cycle through all the other ones i've listened to you know wits podcast crusher all the devon dyers um and just it's been a while since i came across a new one some of those have kind of fickled out where they're not always making new episodes so yeah came across and kind of crushed the majority of them in the course of a few days i kind of go through my cycles of <laughs> listen to music or just diving deep yeah. into podcasts and i was like well shit i'll throw it out there if these guys ever need a need somebody i'd love to chat so yeah it was it was interesting too I, I remember seeing your message and and luke and i right away i think just it 
you know, kind of spark something where you talked about, yeah, let me know if you ever want to, you know, talk about burnout or, you know, have, you know, just jump into a conversation because you've been doing this for a while, but you've also had the ups and downs and we can really dive into some of those conversations. And Luke, I, I guess you could say we did a little bit, you know, with James's first episode, um, like really diving into the real business struggles. But I think knowing that and then getting, you know, to talk to you, Matt, I think I'm excited to dive into, you know, how do you combat burnout? And like, how do you get back on the saddle and like, reignite that flame of like, okay, we got to get back out here and do this. And like, you know, even like, why, why do you do it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess myself, I'm very preface to stress. I mean, every, every position I've held prior to doing my own business venture was not necessarily a higher level. Like I was a CFO or anything like that, but you know, project engineer, kind of project manager, superintendent. Um, and obviously as anybody knows, listen to this, there's a lot on your shoulders at that position, whether it be a, whether it be a smaller residential excavation company that's handling 20 different jobs, or it was my situation. I worked for a heavy civil company, Barnard construction. That's kind of a competitor with like Kiwit and getting thrown into the mix of that stuff at, you know, younger 20s 24 25 and basically just being a guy with an education that had no fucking idea what he was doing and a lot of demands from all of the higher management and a lot of micromanagement the the stress became a very uh a very kind of used to situation for me um, yeah. and then take that and expand that into starting your own business but it's a everybody talks about it being, you know, like, I'll just go work for myself and shit's going to be awesome. I'm going to make more money and, you know, I'm going to make my own schedule. And the reality, the reality of that is there. But if you're striving for, you know, really chasing jobs and really trying to build your business and bring income to your business to buy more equipment, hire better people, provide training, provide benefits and everything, it, uh, it, it quickly becomes not not so much that little, right. oh shit i'll just work 20 hours this week and there'll be all this yeah. and shit's good you know everything's fine granted there's there's people that you can find that niche where if you want to stay small you know grab a mini and a skid steer and maybe a buddy to help you out on the weekends you can do that and you can live pretty comfortably but i think uh the majority of us that are in this industry we're not really ones to just settle in and be be cool with just that. So we're going to keep chasing more. And with that comes the, the whole different type of stress. It's not, it's not stress from management. It's not stress from, am I going to lose my job? It's stress from, yeah. am I going to BK this son of a bitch and have to start over? Am I going to bankrupt this and have to go get a job? Is it, you know, just all of the, the different worries. Are we going to screw up some pipe we put in the ground and end up in a lawsuit? There's just all kinds of, different stress that I think at surface level. And I was one of them too. When I bought the first mini excavator, I'm like, Oh fuck, I'll just go grade out some driveways and you know, dig a few holes. And there's not a care in the world, but the, those cares, they escalate as you grow for sure. Yeah. What, what do you think you're chasing? I know we all have that, but what do you think you're chasing and, and when do you think you'll get there? That is the golden question, my friend, because it's, it's one of those where it's it's good to kind of just the expression of stop and smell the roses, you know, like if you would have told me four years ago when I started doing this that I'd be sitting in this chair right now with 
the fleet of equipment, the crew of great guys I have, and kind of like the business prospects and the projects we have, I would have told myself I was fucking out of my mind, you know? So it's, it's a, that's a humbling question you asked because it's, I ask myself a lot. I'm like, when is it going to be, when is it enough? Like I thought it'd be enough when I had, you know, a mini, a skid steer and a midsize excavator. Yeah. Soon enough, here comes the next piece. Here comes the next piece. Oh, I want to get a $200,000 job. Now it's a 500. Now it's a million. It's like, there's always like, we create these own individual carrots that we dangle in front of ourselves with these business ventures. And to be completely honest, I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. I think a lot of people resonate with that too, because it, it is, you get to, you set this, not even a necessary tangible goal, but you set like this. I think a lot of us look at where other businesses are and you're like, Oh shit, that'd be cool to be where they're at. I want to get mm-hmm. to there. And once you reach that point, you don't even realize it. You look around and it, it, it takes two months later, you look around, you're like, Oh, I've already, I've already surpassed that. So what who yeah, am I chasing yeah. now? Or what am I chasing now? You know, yeah, I mean? it, it almost feels like when you do hit it, that it it's like nothing really changes or happens. No. And it's like, this is what I was chasing this whole time. But yeah. uh, Luke, I'll kind of flip that question to you. Like, do you have an answer to that question for yourself with black iron and Western and even the dirt bags? I think it's, I think it's the challenge of being able to complete it right? Knowing that there is a lot of opportunity in this space, like say you go, like Matt had said, from a skid steer to just a smaller excavator, and then yeah. you get your midsize, right? And you're like, fuck yeah, super cool. I'm right here. But then there's more opportunities that come along with those. And I feel like everybody in our space naturally just wants to be very competitive. Oh, I can do that. Fuck yeah, I can do that. I want to I want to challenge yeah. myself and try that, right? And as soon as you kind of get rolling with that, that's when the dominoes fall, right? That's when you're taking on more people, you're buying more equipment, you're building more of a team because of competitiveness. That's Matt, can you relate to that? Absolutely. That's, that's a hundred percent what it is. And it's, and I can't really point a finger to if it's a competitiveness with other crews in the area, other, other crews in the country, or just truly, I think it's more so just an inner competitiveness. Yeah, it's just like, Hey, I reach this. Why can't I reach the next level? Why right. can't I, why can't I pick up this job? Like, you know, there's been so many projects in the past. <clears throat> so you guys know a little bit about my background. I'll step back a little bit, but I mean, when I bought the first mini excavator, um, four and a half years ago or whatever it was, I had maybe spent 80 hours in an excavator in my life. You know, like I'd always been around dirt work, but more so from, from a management perspective. So I, I understood concepts, but I didn't know what the fuck I was doing in a machine. Um, the majority of what I had done was a little bit of demo work. And, um, when I was running a gravel pit, sitting in a 349 digging pit run out of the pond. So nothing technical. Um, but as you take that, Mike, going from a position like that, and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that started out the same way where they saw opportunity in the industry and they're like, Hey, I need to teach myself these skills. And that's exactly what it was. And there was numerous projects along the way that going into them, you just couldn't shy away from the pressure. Like you got to build that confidence and be like, Hey, I'm going to surround myself by people that know what they're doing. If they're a call away, if I'm going to hire them, whatever it may be, and I'm going to figure this out. And it's just like that chase too. like, Oh shit, that, that one really racked my brain. Like I wasn't sure how to put in 
that storm drain or whatever it may be. But now here we are thousands of feet behind it. It's like, what's the next challenge? What's the next thing that I can learn and accomplish? And I think that's part of it for me is just like stepping into that little bit of an unknown, like, okay, this is a, this is a section of dirt work. I haven't had a lot of experience in, but why the hell would I be afraid of it now? Yeah. Yeah. And I have a a good story, but I want to ask the question first. Um, Matt, do you think that when you bought your first piece of iron, was that more important to you than like some of the bigger things you've purchased now or how, how has that changed for you? I think so. I, yeah. I think so. I think we get blurred with, uh, we get blurred with what these things cost. And as we build mm-hmm. relationships with dealers and banks and everything, like it's easier to go buy a $150,000 piece than it was to buy that first $45,000 piece. Cause right. it's that, it's that taking that step out of like that mentality of personal financial versus business financial, where like that was the most, at that point in my life, that was outside of my house that was the most expensive thing i had ever bought no vehicle no toy nothing had ever exceeded that you know forty five thousand dollars for that what was that a 2015 50 g john deere not like that was a big deal to go sign those papers in the bank because you had to go through all the financial assets all the paperwork all the processing and underwriting just to get that and now it's like call western states hey man yeah um, yeah, I, th- I think I'll take that machine. And most of the time, I ha- I'm running the machine before I even sign paperwork. Right. There's no, like, we already put your name on it. We knew you would get it. Exactly. And yeah. it, it's happened with like the last four pieces and like, God bless those relationships with those dealers yeah. like that. But those, absolutely, the first one meant to, like, they all they all mean a lot because it all means growth. But like taking yeah. that initial, initial step to get that first piece was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this now. Yeah, doing this. That that, five hundred dollar a month payment was like, oh shit. Yeah, (laughs) advance a little bit. Luke, that reminds me of what just happened with you. How they dropped off the new, you know. Yeah, that that one was funny. So we were we're looking at a newer excavator size, and one of the dealers found out that we were shopping, and so they found out where our three fifteen was through. I don't. It's called. It's the geofencing or whatever. Oh yeah. And they dropped off a machine right next to it and we didn't know it was there. And they're like, we got there the next morning and they're like, and one of my guys, Andy texts me, he's like, there's 320 here. Do you know that? I was like, no. And he goes, you didn't order it. I said, no. And so I called my cat guy up and he goes, Oh yeah, no, I'm glad you got it. I forgot to tell you. And I was like, yeah, kind of slipped your mind, huh? And it was not like, it was, it couldn't have been an easy drop off for him. No doubt. But yeah, it's, it's a good thing. You have relationships like that with dealers because they are, I mean, those pieces make you money. Right. And they know that obviously, cause they're selling them, but they obviously want to take care of you too. The good ones do anyway. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's been a huge deal, huge deal for me. Cause I started out with, uh, I, I guess I'll preface it with saying, I don't really have a, at the core, I don't have a preference on equipment. I think they all do what they need to do. They're all, they're all pretty damn similar. Everybody has their preferences on them, but they all do the same job. Um, why I've shifted to Caterpillar and only Caterpillar is purely because of that, that service and that relationship. I yeah. went through the the local RDO here. I had a, you know, a deer mini and a 329 skid steer. 
And this is when I was just a one man band, not a lot of money sitting in the bank. I don't have funds to go rent shit. Yep. So, you know, call the dealer. Hey, I've got a, I've got a leaking cylinder here. Um, when can I get it in to get it fixed? Oh, well shit, you know, drop it off Monday. We might get to it by Friday. And I'm like, not going to work. work. Yeah. Call Caterpillar. They're like, Oh yeah, just bring that machine by. We'll just, we'll have it done today. Yep. Not even the machine that they, that they sell, you know? So I was like, that's it. I'm, I'm yeah, shifting, I'm you know? No, it is really good. Again, they're all great, right? But why people buy what they do is strictly service. Absolutely. 100%. I think if you're I think if you're buying for reasons outside of the service and how those people treat you, you're buying for the wrong reasons. Correct. You get all those people that are like, oh, you're drinking the cat Kool-Aid or deer or die or whatever the fuck they say. But no, it's it's all on service. Well, and the, re- the reality of it too is like, yeah, cat equipment is more expensive than some of the other brands. Absolutely. If you take the same, same size machine, same capabilities, you're going to pay more for the cat machine. But I, I've gotten to a point in this business, whether it's the machines, the insurance, the accounting, whatever it is, if that relationship's there and there's value in that relationship and I'm a text away on something rather than having to go through the, the full blown chain of command to get to somebody that's worth hard dollars to me. Like I, I will pay the extra my, my insurance. I'm sure I'm paying more than I need to on some things, Yeah. but yeah. the dude I go through treats me so well. And he's literally a text or a call away for anything I need. And same with the dealers. Like yep. I'll call him at 9 PM. Hey, this is what I need. Got you. And it's done. That's, yeah. that's worth money. Cause it's your time and your time's money. Correct. I will say though, to your point on cat prices, I just, I went through three dealers, RDO, um, Komatsu General, and then Caterpillar. And the cat guys blew the other two out of the water. So I don't know. Oh, yeah, big time. So that made my decision pretty easy. Shit, I stand corrected then. (laughs) But yeah, it used to be that way. Everyone was like, oh, you bought a cat? You overpaid for that fucking machine. It's the same thing. It always used to be that way. So I don't know what flipped the switch, but maybe I got lucky. Maybe maybe they had a typo or something that they just didn't. Admittedly, I haven't shopped. I haven't shopped anything else in you know, unless it's something on Richie brothers or something on machinery trader for kind of an assist piece. That's not, that's something older. That's not going to get used much. I don't even, I don't even bother to look to tell you the truth. Kind of stick, just stick with what I know. hundred percent. And if they take care of you, you know, you know, that's just worth, that's worth its weight in gold. Mm -hmm. So it absolutely is. Um, well, kind of getting back to our topics here a little bit, like we had, like we had talked originally, you know, you're from Montana, right? Kalispell, Montana. Yep. The conditions there are not easy. We were talking a little bit about, I didn't realize that where you guys are, they actually have clay. I always talk to Dane out in Bozeman and he's like, oh, Luke, the soil's so fucking rocky. You might get, you know, a foot of frost or whatever. Um, but I can relate because that's all we have here too is clay. And I mean, on bad years, we'll battle four to four and a half feet of it. Yep. Yeah, there's a I, the soils throughout this valley range range so damn much. I mean, up in the up in the Columbia Falls area, along Flathead River, kind of all along the east side of Highway Two, it's all. I mean, that's where the majority of the gravel pits are. So you got a little bit of overburden, and you're straight into pit run all yep. throughout there. But you get up into Whitefish, and it is there's been 
two residential sites I've dug on that we actually found rock and it was just your random your random boulder just a random vein yeah, yeah yeah just something random but the uh one of the large projects we've been working on for the last year and a half is we have not found a single stone in that entire project unless we imported it and uh I mean last year last year we were digging one of the residential or one of the big crawl space foundations for one of the condos and we were ripping through that with the 323 and there was yeah probably close to that three three and a half feet of frost throughout that entire thing just from the clay just holds moisture so damn much and people are running great alls over it in concrete trucks and we all know how that just, just packs it to the, the corner yeah. and yeah i mean it was it was brutal absolutely brutal when so when you guys are out doing that you know how i know how it is i get so frustrated how do you keep spirits high with you and your guys that are doing the work oh man <laughs> another. That's, that's another million dollar question yeah. oh, i don't it, know it, if is. Really can. it is because it's it's so difficult and i'm i'm guilty of it just as much as anybody else is like uh, my spirits will get down with it and i want to be the i want to be the first one to bitch and just be like man this is fucking bullshit that we're we're even out here dealing with that um and i'm i'm not as good as i'd like to be with resurrecting that to keep spirits high with guys but um i mean it's difficult man I, i'm all you can really lean on with those situations is we're out working everybody's collecting a paycheck i mean from a business standpoint yeah, you have your change orders for your winter conditions and everything, but at the end of the day, you're not making you're not making what you should be in comparison to the bid. If you find yourself out there in the middle of the winter sorting yep. through that shit, um, I, I really just try to look internally and just be happy to be out there working and having the opportunity to do it, um, and try to try to bleed off a little bit of the fact that the dollars and cents aren't aren't what they should be. I'm, I'm always happy to have the opportunity to have my guys out working um it's that's rewarding for me i know it means a shit ton more to them than it does to me to have the equipment out running and collecting a paycheck because half of those days that are shitty and cold with deep frost and snow and everything like i just assume park the equipment not even turn the key you know um so i think that's that's really the main thing that keeps me going through it and just seeing watching uh watching your crew persevere through things like that is also very rewarding for me because there's a lot of guys that would look take two looks at that and be like yeah i think i'm gonna go find an office job this this shit ain't yeah. like <laughs> watching these dudes that come out and just be like all right let's fucking make it happen and like hell yeah let's do it i'm on board let's do it because it really it. is let's another option. that machine up yeah <laughs> we we kind of dealt with that a little bit earlier this year and it was you know becoming into winter and winter hit us a lot harder and a little bit sooner than we had thought and i mean I'm always a figure it out kind of guy, right? Yep. When we, when we come up to an obstacle, I'm not like, well, can't really do anything about it. Let's just pack up, you yep. know, yep. to where we had some discrepancies on sites where they're like, it's just not possible. I'm like, it is possible. It is possible. Anything is possible. We just have to figure out what we need to do. And I, I, you know, maybe I was, maybe I was hard on guys or whatever, but I tried to stay as positive as I could. And, you know, it is, it is really tough. Cause when you are surrounded by negativity all the time, you're like, well, why am I the only one that's positive? Why am I the only yeah. one that's trying to put in the effort? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's part of it too, is just like realizing that there, there is a way around it. Mm -hmm. That's, that's our business. That's half of what our business is, is running into roadblocks, whether that be grade bus, whether that be engineering 
engineering issues that you got to find out a solution troubleshooting with gcs like guaranteed you will run into a problem every single day and you oh, yeah. if, if you just threw your hands up every time and demobbed yeah you're not gonna be around you gotta no. you have to find solutions and it's um i mean just as human nature it is difficult sometimes to find the positivity in those situations because you walk into a day thinking you got a smooth sailing operation for the day and then you run into a, a buried utility that wasn't marked and you're like oh well i guess this changes the course of the day and we're gonna get half as much done but as long as there's progress especially with those roadblocks you're winning correct correct so i look at it no i like that because it is tough because i everybody has their own you know way of doing things everyone has their own kind of twists on how they run their businesses right um i don't know I, there are days yeah when when we had talked to you where you're like i'm just i'm burnt out you know but i i gotta keep going you yeah. have to be your support system right because oh, not only your guys support system but you have to be your own support system because there's probably not a lot of people that are telling you like hey you got it you got it you know maybe mm -hmm. your wife or you know someone in your family but only you i feel like understands the magnitude of you telling to keep going uh, yeah that makes sense absolutely it absolutely is and i think that's i'm sure luke you can you can resonate with it too it is <clears throat> when you when you're chasing that hard for that long and say you're running through a full winter or it's just been I, I know for us it's probably the same for you everybody always talks about like oh shit summer must be crazy it must be insane you must be still stressed and busy i actually fucking love summer yeah. summer is my favorite chunk because especially being over here in the flyhead valley everybody understands they're like yep we're going to work Monday through Thursday, part of Friday. People are going camping. People are going fishing. They're going to the yeah. lake and surfing. Like things are a lot more, a lot more structured as far as schedule goes. You know, yeah. for us, it's the spring because shit melts off and everybody wants to go right fucking now and not a second later. And it's, you know, mid September, October, because there's always a situation where it's, we need to get the parking lot down now so we can paint it black or we need to get this concrete done. And it turns into absolute chaos. Yep. And that's when I, that's when I typically experience it because it's already a, you know, as I'll call it lax as the summer is, it's not, it's not lax, but it's a little more structured schedule wise coming into the fall when you've got, you know, the nature of schedules, everything stacks up and you've all of a sudden one week, you've got four projects you're supposed to be on putting parking lots in or prepping garages or prepping big slabs or whatever it may be. And that stacks and trying to, trying to sort through it and treat all of your, all of your class A customers as best as you can, but knowing in your heart that you can't possibly get to every single one of them and complete all those tasks unless you somehow morphed eight clones throughout your crew overnight and created yep. four more pieces of equipment. Well, it's just like that. That's what that's what beats me down sometimes. And it's part of it is part of it's self-inflicted because I tend to be a yes man in some in some respects, which I think. I truly do think as much as that is a, a downfall, it's also a po positive attribute because there's not anything positive about a contractor calling you and be like, Hey man, I know the schedule changed, but we need to have you over here this week. And you tell them to go fuck yourself. 
there's right. there's nothing positive about that. No. So being able to be able to sort through and jump through the hoops to take care of your customers, take care of your guys, and make sure that this work gets done pays dividends on the other end as well. But it doesn't it doesn't discount the fact that it burns you the fuck out no. at the same time because you're you're finishing up a job at you know six p.m. and somebody and you know you're pushing hard just to try to get that done to a completion point, which unfortunately usually isn't even the hundred percent completion point. And you know, in the back of your mind, you're forcing your guys out of there and you're going to have to come back to finish something just to get to that next project to appease the next one down the line and make sure that their project gets paved that year to keep that relationship and to keep everything flowing. That, that's where I'm just like, my mind spins throughout yeah. the fall. Part of it could be better at being saying no and just being like, hey, we can't, which I need to do to a level because we do leave, you know, it'll build a tendency to leave things just 3% unfinished, which is going to require a remote. But that's where uh, that's where I get the the full stress and the, the burnout is September, October before the snow flies, because it's a it's a goddamn panic attack for everybody over here. And I'm no, sure it's yeah. the same thing, Luke. No, it it's the spring and fall, right? Everybody in the spring wants their project done yesterday. Well, it's like, well, yeah. you know, there's still frost on the ground. We can't do the same with fall. Oh, it's going to snow next week. We need to get this graded out today or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But to the, your, your yes man comment, I think the, the companies, you have to be a yes man, right? You obviously have to bring reality into the yes man attitude. But I feel, I feel like that is what grows businesses. If contractors or whoever know like, Hey, if we call him to do the project or if he bids on a project and maybe they're a little higher or whatever it is, but we've worked with them before. And every time we have asked for something, you know, they bring reality into it, but he always gets it done. I think that speaks volumes. Well, and I think, I think you just, we could just change the terminology of it and change it from a yes man to just a do man. Yeah. And just like, Rather than and take it from because the yes man gets kind of a bad uh, a bad complex where it's like, yeah. hey, can you come over and you know s- sweep the sidewalks for me on this weekend and everything like, yeah, right. kind of an extreme example, but the do man I think is almost a better example because we try to do that and I know it extends into like some shit we probably shouldn't even be be considering sometimes, but I try to look out for these job sites as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like if if the framer comes to me and he's like, hey man. Um, I know you guys are on the way out of here, but if you could like winter work, for example, like if you could import a few loads of gravel just to level this area and soak up through some of the mud here, keep us from being stuck, be greatly appreciated. Like, yeah, absolutely. Cause that's for the greater good, greater good of the entire project, you know, and it's obviously something that's billable too. So it's not really any skin off anybody's back and it's, and it builds that reputation too amongst your common subs. which is huge 100% well and it 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 makes going back to the do man thing right if people know that they ask you to do something and they know it'll be done the the word travels the word spreads um I see a lot of people in this area to where they I don't want to say cater right they don't cater to their to other businesses but they don't they don't really care about their business Mm-hmm. Not, you know, not their company that they own, but it's the person that they're working for. They don't really care. I feel like if you show a mutual care to the people that you work for, that also helps really kind of just, t- it just explodes everything. You you really move a lot faster in your growth stages. Um, 
Yeah. But to the people that are just like, yeah, no, we're shutting down for the winter, not doing anything. Call us in the spring. Yep. I do, I feel the likelihood of them getting called back is less and less every time that happens. It, it absolutely is. And it's, it's such a double-edged sword too, because it's, it's part of the conversation too, where like as a business owner, like this fucking thing going to be glued to you 24 seven. You want to just roll that fucker. Sometimes. Just want to chuck it out the goddamn Oh yeah. Thing. But you know internally that the anxiety of turning this thing on airplane mode or shutting it off is going to be worse than actually taking the yeah. phone calls and the emails. I, don't, I couldn't tell you how many times, you know, we're going out of town for the week or the weekend and people are like, oh, yeah, just turn that thing on airplane mode. I'm like, I physically can't. Yeah. I'm no. like, I would rather take the calls, take the emails, at least be able to visibly see what's going on mm -hmm. than just be completely in the dark and come back to an absolute shitstorm because I, I wouldn't I'd I'd be able to relax less if I was able to do that. And it's a yeah, it's a terrible relationship with that thing. But that's the reality. Yeah. And I think there's nothing wrong with that, because that, that's just being an entrepreneur and a business owner. I mean, you need to oversee the business for a while. I mean, at some point, but I mean, it doesn't mean you have to respond to every text and every email you get, but yeah. like you said, Matt, just checking to make sure that there's no fires that are going on that you can step in and maybe resolve in two seconds, maybe yeah, a couple of minutes, you know, quick phone call, something like that. So um, I definitely feel that too. My wife and I went on our honeymoon uh, this year, we went to Italy for two weeks and nice. it was the first time I've really ever like kind of shut my phone off for two weeks and did zero work. So, uh, I don't know if I'll be able to do it again, but, um, I did it that one time. So I definitely feel you there. And yeah, exactly. I, I did it early on in business. Now I don't know if I could do it. Uh, yeah, well, hopefully you don't have to take another honeymoon. That's, yeah. yeah, that's true. Only one of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's a, but that all ties back into the, the entire concept of just like, as a business owners, your brain is constantly fucking spinning on something. I, I was laying there last night at like 11 o'clock thinking about, cause we, we've been doing some just in office training this week and I'm sitting there laying, laying there thinking about how I'm going to go about the conversation, how I'm going to go about training on this and that. And I'm just like, dude, shut it off. Just go to sleep. You, you know, can't. You, you can't, can't. No. It, it doesn't happen. As much like, as you try, you really can't. And that really plays into you have to be passionate about what you do. Cause if it's something you don't like to do, that's gonna kill you. Not yeah. hopefully not not figuratively, but like mentally. Yep. Yeah. And Matt, I'm going to flip the conversation like what Luke was just saying, because we've been talking a lot about burnout and what you're saying too, of like you lay awake, but I think if you flip it, like that's what keeps you going. Like that's what keeps you successful as a business owner. That's what keeps the drive because if you don't have that, and if you're kind of just like checking out at five o'clock every day and going off, like, I don't think you're going to make it honestly. And it's just like having that drive. So the more I think about it, the more the burnout isn't a bad thing, but it's just how to deal with the burnout. But the fact that you have it, I think that's actually comes from a good place because the, the engine is always going like the motor is going and, uh, you know, you just keep having those thoughts and you're always thinking business, but just learning how to deal with the burnout portion is, is kind of what we're working on. Yeah. And then back to your, back to your comment on if you just shut the phone off at 5 PM, I mean, Ultimately, I'd like to get better about like if I get those those texts at six, seven, eight o'clock, whatever, and it's not something that's dire. Yeah. If it's clearly something that can wait till the next day, that's where 
I have this thing where it's it's almost like having a have a having a phone full of notifications when you open it. Like you just have to go through and clear them, which yeah, I've yeah. gotten much worse at. By the way, I've always got a hundred unread text messages, but <laughs> just like. I feel a responsibility to respond to these people because I care about them. I care about a relationship, but the reality is whatever they're sending. I know when I send a text message after, you know, 6 PM or something to somebody it's because something crossed my mind Yeah, and I needed to ask and I didn't want to forget. And I'll always preface it like, Hey man, don't need to respond now, but tomorrow could you look into whatever it may be? Um, so getting better about that and just being able to shut it off in that sense, like still be cognizant of what you're receiving um but where i was going with that is the people a, a big issue in this in this valley particular and luke i'd like to hear about what it's like over in your area too especially with i mean flathead valley has absolutely exploded in the last two years like it's it's blown up huge values have went up insane apartment buildings houses getting built everywhere and even from prior to that time when i first started like I'd get a phone call from a homeowner or whatever it may be, which those were most of the calls in the beginning. And just the gasp and excitement in their voice when they're like, Oh, Oh my God, you answered your phone or you called me back. Thank you so much. I've called 15 people and nobody will talk to me. And it's just like answering your phone and being, being present in that or returning phone calls. I know is I've definitely hit that threshold where I don't get back to every single one of them anymore. But for the longest time, like I would every single phone call, I would call somebody back and making that connection that speaks huge dividends, dividends too, and building your business. Like, Hey, call this dude. He'll answer his phone. He'll get back to you. He'll come out to your job and look at it, whether he can do it or not. He'll at least give you some insight. I, I think that stuff is just so huge. And I know it's been just gravely important in how I've built my business is just that communication with just a random stranger that's calling you like, Hey, I need a quote on this. Thank you for answering your phone. Yeah. There, I, I, I've got a really good point. Sorry to cut you off, but I feel like that has been such a, like an overplayed statement that people always say. And to somebody who's like an average Joe, they're like, you know, why wouldn't people answer their phone? If it's ringing, answer it. Like, it's not a big deal, but there is, you do get to a point where you're like, I can't take that right now. I have too much going on, you know, or I'm doing this, whatever it is. But if you, if you take that step and you continue to just stay consistent from when you had started, oh yeah, it'll take you a long ways. But I, I see a lot of people, you know, I hear it all the time. They're like, answering your phone is easy. What do you mean? Like, how is that? How is that so hard in the contracting world? I'm like, try it and you'll understand. Take 300 phone calls a day and then talk. Correct. To right. Correct. Yeah. 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 No, it's, well, it, yeah. I've gotten to a point too, where, you know, the, the voicemails, it's, it could be a week before I even see it and check it. I've got T-Mobile. So there's that whole fucking battle too. Oh yeah. Shit doesn't yeah. come in for forever, but you know, I'll get a voicemail from somebody and it's maybe it's been five days. Maybe I forgot about it. And it's been over a week. I'll still make that outreach and I'll call that person back mm-hmm. and say, Hey, I got your voicemail. I apologize for the delay. Um, wanted to see if you need any help with anything. And most of the time they're like, and this is what I expect. They're like, Hey, I actually, I found somebody to help me out with it, but thank you so much for your callback. Yep. Even even the principle of that take 35 seconds just to call back and just not be the complete ghost and just be like, hey, I apologize for the delay. I'm busy. It's no excuse to you, but I do want to help, help you at all. Yep. So 
here I am. And, and same with, I mean, I've gotten to a point where some of my best friends text me and I don't even get back to them for four or five days kind of deal, you know, mm-hmm. it's just... They can of, wait, right? They're not, they're not making sure. you money. I'll text yeah. you back in two weeks when it's they're maybe like to, a Sunday. They're trying to go drink bourbon. They're not trying to yeah, pay you for yeah, services. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, you don't need a whole Doug? Yeah, I'll talk to you later. Yeah. Yeah. And and Luke and I talked about this, you know, uh, it's about being a man too and just owning up yeah, to it of just like call them back and like you said matt like a lot of times you know in the back of your head how it's going to go right it's they've already been taken care of but just like give them a call back tell them no tell them yes like whatever it is ask if they need anything um just that small little act i mean can get you so far and it's really just owning up to it and being a man because you are the business owner your phone number is on the website wherever they found it and if, if you're not just as simply like calling them back or answering your phone um obviously it's just not going to work out long term when people do start contacting you oh yeah i i truly think it's such a it's such a huge deal as much as a pain in the ass these phones are like it's something it's a it's an unwritten rule but it's a dotted line you sign without knowing it when you start a business you better answer that motherfucker and you better get back to people whether it's immediately or as you grow and the volume's just too much like you got to do that outreach because it comes down to a reputation standpoint of like, Hey, at least that dude got back to me. I'd still recommend them. They were willing to come out and take a look at a job. Um, whereas the other people, I mean, I've got fellow contractors. I, I work with frequently. I can't get a hold of them for weeks at a time. Like, Hey dude, I need to, I need to rent your roller. I need to buy some gravel from you. And I'm like, well, I guess I got to go somewhere else because I, I can't contact them, you know? And that even that's frustrating, like business, business owner to business owner. That yeah. gets irritating. Like I like working with the other subcontractors that I know I can get a hold of. Mm-hmm. It's right back down to the relationship status. Like the same the guys that are just on the same page, like, yeah, it might be seven o'clock at night, but if something comes across your brain, like you forgot that you need a truck tomorrow, like, yeah, hit me up. I'll make sure it happens. Yeah, correct. Those those things are just important. No. Yeah, Matt, I've, I've got something for you. So earlier we were talking about, um, you know, obviously chasing goals, you know, diff- different things like that. What's something that you like need to change of how you act and how you conduct yourself right now as a business owner to get to where you want to be like realistically, like what's something that you need to change? Um, what I'm currently in the works of trying to do, and this goes to, um obviously as as we've grown as i've grown as however you want to put it um obviously it went from me being in the equipment all the time every day all all week to now i have some great employees that i have in the seats that i have in the field and my time in the seat is very very minimal at this point because i know my place is better in the business seeking out the work, bidding the work, creating those relationships with future clients, um, and really giving the guys the tools to be successful in the field. And actually, it's a great question because I just had this conversation with my guys today while we were doing some training. The biggest thing I'm striving to do better right now is spread the information that I hold tight in my heart and my brain with whether that's full plan sets, whether that's conversations I've had with the general and how something's going to go and giving my field personnel 
every last fucking bit of information they need to be successful out there. Cause I'm, I'm very good and very bad at coming out to the job site in the morning and giving them only the pieces of information they need to succeed yeah. for the next four hours for the next day. Like, Hey, today we are doing this. Here you go. But not giving them the full spread of like, here's the plans we're going to be burying this conduit from A to B, but keep in mind, we have this storm drain to car storm drain to cross or these utilities to cross, or we're going to have to dig a foundation here. So make sure that these utilities miss the footprint of that yep. and not giving them the grand scheme and give them the full information that they need in order to really wrap their heads around the, kind of the end goal of everything. Yep. Um, and that's, that's something I'm working on internally right now. And I think it's, I think it's something that I got caught up in where, I did start out just by myself, kind of slowly hired employees and like, I'll call myself, I was the quote unquote brains of the operation, you could say, where like, I met with the client, I bid the job, I accepted the job, I lined out the job and otherwise I was hiring people to, to assist in that. But as I grow, I'm really finding the value in just giving the guy, giving your guys the tools that they need to really be successful, not only for the business and as employees, but just for individuals too, so yeah, that they yeah. can actually learn and grow from these experiences and, you know, gain knowledge that they need, because obviously the goal is to, the goal is always to keep, keep employees long-term and build these guys up, reward them, give them the perks that they need, give them a good life, um, get that loyalty. But at the same time, it's, it's also valuable to give them those tools. So if, if they do want to go down a different venture, if they want to go work for a smaller company, a bigger company, if they want to start their own, they have those tools to do that. Um, and so that's, that's kind of in general, what I'm probably my biggest downfall right now and what I'm working on throughout this slower winter is just getting equipped to like, Hey, when you go out to this job, we're going to have a four hour meeting before we start this big project. Yeah, we're going to yeah. go through every last sheet of this entire plan set. We're going to go through every last thing that needs to happen. So, you know, when you dig this building, do not spoil your pile. Do not pile your spoils on the northeast side of this building because the next day we're digging a water line right there, and we don't want to spend two hours moving shit with a loader. Yep. So that's kind of my summary on that one. Yeah, and we we talk a lot about delegating, and obviously delegating is huge as a business owner. But what we what you just talked about there, like delegating, is only half of it, in my opinion. The yes. other half is empowering and equipping your guys after you delegate to them, because you can't just, Hey, you do this, you do this, you do this. And then you leave. Like that's kind of where you're at now, but that next step of like empowering them to be like, you know, you are the leader on this job. I'm going to make sure you have all the resources you need to complete the job. And you know, you shouldn't even have to be there anymore. So like empowering and equipping your guys to get the job done. Yeah. I mean, if, I mean, if we had this exact same conversation today and one of my, one of my lead guys, after the conversation, he kind of pointed out, he's like, guys, I think what Matt's asking for right now is that he needs help in us taking responsibility for some of these situations. And I was like, fucking nailed it. And I was Bingo. like, and, and I was like, and with that, you know, if I'm going to ask you to take responsibility, take ownership, be prideful in your work, um, expect a high level of quality. I'm not there to micromanage you. 
I'm there to give yeah. you the tools that you need to complete the job, whether that be equipment, whether that be plan sets, parts, pieces, trucking, gravel. Like I'm here to provide those things. If I show up on a job site late in the day and I have questions about why you're doing something a certain way, logistically wise, I'm not going to fucking throw my arms. up. be like, what the fuck are you doing? I'll be like, Hey, did you think about doing it this way? Mm, oh, you did. Right. And okay. Yeah, you're right. That's why it works better this way. Great. Carry on. Um, and just, yeah, like you said, just empowering, empowering them with that. Cause it, it speaks volumes. I feel like to just thinking back to times I was an employee, like if I'm out making decisions and things are flowing, but then somebody rolls in and just flips my world upside down. Like I'm probably not going to take responsibility for what I'm doing anymore. I'm just going to sit there and wait and be like, all right, what do you want me to do boss? Yeah. Right. Beat it yeah. down my throat. Let's hear it. It, it. That kills your motivation and it kills the ambition to want to try to strive and do more and to show that you have the capacity to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. I, I can really relate to the point to where you said, you know, obviously giving the right tools, but a lot of the times that tool is just walking through jobs. Yes. Just kind of showing, you know, like you said, the grand scheme plan, the, you know, the overall of everything. Hey, when you're doing this, make sure you watch out for this, because what I've learned, everybody is not on the same wavelength as you, right? No. There are people that you need more explanation. They need more talk through. They need a visual to where, you know, I've already seen it all in my head to where they haven't. So it's understanding yep. that fact that you do need to have those conversations. Yeah. And just, and just under, and that's hundred percent it because it's, you take, so you take so much of that stuff internally, because as you start these businesses, you are the sole person that you have to communicate with. Everything's internal conversation. It's all, okay, I need to schedule this trucking. I need to dig this this way. I need to bring this backfill that way. And it's, you only have to communicate with yourself, maybe one guy in the beginning. And usually that one guy is purely on a jumping jack or something like that. Like there's not a lot of explanation that needs to go into that besides beat the hell out of the material. Correct. Um, but yeah, as, as you grow, that's uh and I, I think I'm behind the curve in doing this. So that's why I'm thankful for a little bit of slow time in the winter to be able to take these steps, but just, yeah, just have those conversations be like, Hey, like I want to be open with you guys about like, here's the plan set. Here's everything that needs to happen. Here's the fucking budget. Here's how I did this. Like I expect this item to take six hours to do with this piece of equipment, this piece of equipment and two guys. And just like being, and I feel like it's, it's easy to internally look at those situations and get disgruntled. Like if something's, if something's taken too long or taking too much time and you're losing money on it or whatever it may be, and just internalize that and be like, well, motherfucker, like, I wish they'd figure it out. Um, rather than just going to them and be like, Hey guys, like we're about to start this piece of work this water line we're doing i bid this in three days with this equipment this is how much bedding we're supposed to import and this is this is the parameters we're working within because i think i think guys are going to be much more receptive to that information than we all think yep. also like i think that's just it's gainful information and i and i don't know why i don't know why it's taken me so long to figure that out in my brain too to be like Oh, maybe I just need to be more vocal with these guys. Cause I think it's kind of a, it's a, I can't remember the expression, but it's one of those things people just like to, it's just like sharing your salary. Yeah. yeah. One of those things people don't want to share, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. Oh, well, I don't want to share the budgets with them and you know, how long this is supposed to take. Cause I don't want them to know if 
we're making money or losing money. It's like, no, let's be real with them. Like, hey guys, here's the, here's the reality. If this is supposed to take a day in real life situation and it takes two, we're losing money because if I bid it in two days, we're not getting the job. Correct. Just in, in small sense, you know? So it's um, just having those conversations and being real with your, real with your personnel they're going to be receptive to it. And if they, and if it's a situation where the person isn't receptive to it, they might not be the best person for the crew too. Yeah. I agree. I think people have to realize when you do have those conversations, as far as like the owner standpoint, if they're like, well, I'm not going to tell my guys what I'm bidding my jobs at. They probably incurred a situation or had seen a situation to where, you know, maybe other people are like they're making how much on this project. Right. And they're, and they're, they're trying to, sh they're trying to maybe shelter that and they don't want to go through that situation. Absolutely. 90, 90% of the people that you talk to and have these conversations that do work for you, they'll understand and they'll want to achieve that. Sure. Is there 10% that's like, Holy cow, you're making 30 grand on this project and you're paying me 55 grand a year. Like no fucking way. I'm going to take my time, you know? Yep. Yeah. So. Oh, absolutely. And that, I think that is definitely the, <clears throat> the dagger in it all is sharing that information is yeah. You're exposing a lot of the, those situations where like, yeah, this is a profit we can make, but I try to be pretty, one thing I have been good about is being pretty vocal with guys about what, what equipment costs, what repairs cost, what like breakdowns, all that shit costs. Be like, yeah, that, um, that trench roller repair we just did. And this is a small example. Yeah. We bought that trench roller for 12 grand. We just spent five to repair it. Mm -hmm. And like putting that in, it's, it's back to the conversation of like what I bought the first mini excavator, right? Taking that like personal financial and stemming in that into business financial. Like when you take these business financials, cause Luke, you know, that, I mean, it's, it's thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands up and down. You look at your bank account and it looks like a fucking Rubik's cube. Oh yeah. Like, There's one day you maybe got 200 grand in there. You're like, fuck yeah. Again. Oh, it's like I figured it out. Then the next day you're like, fuck, I got 10 in there. What yeah. do I do? You Where'd know? it go? Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, when you, when you put things in perspective like that, like, Hey, um, that jumping jack you just ran over with the skid steer, that's four grand. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh shit, that was a, a month worth of pay. Yep. And so like, it, I feel like it builds a little bit of respect for things too, when people actually understand what things cost. Like, hey guys, I've got, um, I've invested almost a million dollars into this equipment and trucks and trailers and all this shit. Like, like yeah, okay. I, and it also, it also instills, I feel like a little bit like, everybody has a different perspective to life. Some people like working and like getting a paycheck and, you know, doing a great job with what they do. And some people want to take the step into business and take on all this incredible fucking risk that we've decided to do for some goddamn reason. Um, but the dollars of it will scare the fuck out of some people. And I think it's probably it's excavation has got to be one of the most capital intensive businesses to get into. Oh, it has to be. It has to be. There, there's no way it's not. And I always, I always get a kick out of, um, you know, being on, being on site with other general contractor on general contractor sites and, you know, a framer or a electrician or something is bitching about how they don't have access and they have to pack their tools from the street. And I'm like, motherfucker, 
we're sitting here in half a million dollars worth of equipment. Like, don't talk about me, about your cost of your legs walking over to the fucking building. Correct. Don't talk to me about mobilization because it cost me five grand to bring my shit here. It didn't cost you anything. Maybe cost you a hundred bucks in fuel. Yeah. You need, you needing snow plowed for three hours on site. Like it's no fucking big deal. You want to buy this hundred thousand dollars skid steer? To move it? No, probably not. Shut the hell up. Shut no. the hell up. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I, I can relate to that way too much. Oh yeah. Uh, no. Oh, I'm sure every, every other dirt crew I talk to in town, it's always, it's a, I don't know if you get it, Luke, but it's almost like a breath of fresh air when you talk to another dirt contractor. Cause I try to, I mean, I try to keep good relationships with, there's a ton of companies in town that we, we compete directly. We're bidding the same jobs. We're kind of in the same realm of those, you know, 500 to, Five hundred thousand a million dollar jobs, million and a half dollar jobs, and um, I try to keep good relationships with those guys. Yep. Like, there's they're they're still a good tool to you, right? Oh, they're a huge tool. Yeah. There's one one local company. They've been around a lot longer than I have. They've probably been in business twenty years, but they've got a they've got a fleet of trucks and they have a gravel pit. And I use the absolute fuck out of them. I don't even know how much I paid them last year, but it wasn't it wasn't anything small. But yep. every time I call them, they're like. Fuck yeah, we'll send you trucks. On the way. Yep. On the way. It's a done deal. Um, <laughs> but it's just funny having conversations with those guys sometimes. I'm sure you have the same ones with guys in your local area too. Just like they go through the same shit you do, and you're like, Oh yeah. Thank God. Like I'm sorry that you had to go through that, but thank God I'm not the only one. Yep. You call them and I know we're trying to have a conversation here about being more positive, but you call them and you're just like, motherfucker, how's things going? You're like, you know. Just kind of disgruntled today about fucking X, Y, and Z with this concrete sub. They're just bitching about everything. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's that's all I do is all we do is delegate people to chase around concrete subs and make sure they're happy. I'm like, oh, you too? Oh, you guys have that same problem? Oh, fuck. Okay. Okay. It's not just it's not just me. I get it. Mm -hmm. The concrete guys always love not to bash on concrete guys, but they love to bitch. Oh, definitely bashing on them. Hundred percent, it was. But I said it not to bash on them, so they don't take it personally. But quit fucking bitching, you concrete guys. There you go. With all due respect, go fuck yourself and take a little ownership. (laughs) There it is, in the nicest way possible. Go fuck off. Yep. No, and it is because it's one of those like, hey, we need uh, we need another six inches in this corner. Can you mobilize an excavator back over? I'm like, no, no, no. No, there's, there's been situations where, you know, there's a, a slab prep or something that's a half an inch high in the center. Hey, we need you to come fix this. All right. No problem. Cause again, it's, it's back to that reputation. It's back to that relationship. If we fuck up, we're there. We will, we will 100% come back and fix it. I'm not going to tell anybody to go fuck themselves over that. We'll be there. We'll take care of it. Show up. There was one, I show up by myself there's two guys in the crew. All they're doing is snapping lines on this slab. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, kind of look around a little bit. I'm like, okay, we kind of, kind of see what's going on here. So I grab a shovel and rake and take out the laser and go to town for about, it must've been 20, 30 minutes shoveling and raking this gravel out of here to make sure the, the grades, right. Nope. And in the meantime, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, so I got a phone call about this to come back and fix this which i will say our responsibility our fuck up absolutely but would had would it have not been easier for the two guys you had on site to take 10 minutes to correct this rather than me driving across the valley 
to take care of this. Like if there, if we've got a fuck up, I, I have no issue fixing it. I also have no issue. If you actually have legitimate time into correcting it, send me a bill. Correct. I will pay that bill every time. And most of the time in situations like that, if it comes down to 30 minutes of total labor, send me the bill. Yep. That's going to be less than the fuel I spent driving an F-350 yeah. over that site to take care <laughs> of your time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Just bill me. Yeah. yeah 100%. Just bill me. Yeah. Good to go. Yeah. Anyways, off off the concrete tangent, I could go all I could go deep on this one. Oh yeah, we have some good stories about some concrete guys, but we'll save those for another day because I'm sure anybody that is in concrete listening to them, they'll be mad at us. Nope. You know, just just trying to work together. That's all I can say. Hundred percent. And uh, you do have to work together, but it is fun to take a couple digs at people. I will say. Oh yeah. Well, and I think that's. I mean, I will I will parlay that into saying that. Um, <laughs> back to relationships also like i've i've found where i mean we've done digs for i mean most of our digs are all for gcs we've had 10 15 different concrete guys following us to go set up forums and do these things they all like something a little bit different oh yeah they're never the same if i have any any advice to any other dirt crews out, out there as far as concrete is regarded Figure out who your who the sub is following you. Get that phone number. Call them. Ask them the, what they want and need. Yep. It, it may seem out, it may seem outlandish. It may seem like too much, but if you just do that the first time, make sure they've got enough room in there to form up their walls and their footings. Make sure their grade is just so that they like it. Yep. Uh, make sure that they've got a ramp in there for backing in their trailer, loading, unloading forms it's another good reputation point. Yep. Like if you leave a shithole site where they can't even get a pickup in there and they're packing forums a hundred yards to get in there, they're probably going to cuss the shit out of you when they leave. Yeah. They'll get pissed at you. But if you leave them good access and they've got room to be in there and form and do what they need to do, they're probably going to give you a good recommendation in the next guy. Be like, Hey, definitely a dirt guy. These guys left my site. Awesome. I love following those guys. Yep. 100%. keep keep that to heart too it's it's easy to it's easy to throw a little bit of shade in those situations but there's also a lot to gain from there is it's been thrown to 100 look at that you guys are coming back around <laughs> hey a little bit of positive with the negative there's yeah man. right you gotta like, you gotta like have luke a good was, like luke was saying earlier there's always a solution yeah there is you guys really just came full circle there. You know that they're bitching about us sometimes too. So why can't we bitch about them? <laughs> oh, but at the end of the day, shake hands and be buddies. Yep, pretty much. And say, how can we how can we make this less of a pain in the ass Correct. next what time? What can we do better? Right. But then that's just knowing that it's there it is a two-way street. It's not just a one-way, it's a two-way. Oh yeah, it's absolutely two-way. Absolutely. And th and that comes to the communication on their side too. Like, Correct. I mean, if we're going to, if we're going to take the time with any trade to take the time and outreach and be like, Hey dude, what is it that you need on this job site to make your life easier? Because if you know the first time, it's not that big of a fucking deal. Correct. It's really not. It's a little bit of logistics on how you move dirt mm -hmm. and how you cut ramps. And it's, it's not adding any more time. It's, a, it's easy, exactly. but it, it also comes with, I mean, I'd love to get a, a call from a concrete guy. Be like, Hey man, I heard you're digging this hole. Can I come by and like, kind of let you know what we need? I'm yet to get, I'm yet to get that call, but I'd I'm, love to have that call myself. I'll, I'll be happy to have that call. Yeah. Absolutely happy to have that call. Cause I, I think that's, I think that's a huge factor that there's not a, 
just like the communicating with a cell phone, man, it's a, it's one of those where if these, if all the trades can come together and just talk, talk amongst ourselves, I mean, we all know the GCs are, all the GCs are strapped for management. They're strapped for superintendents. They're just trying to keep materials ahead of them to keep these fucking projects built. Yep. They don't have the time to make sure everybody's fucking shaking hands and keep communication. They also don't have the time to make sure like, Hey, dirt guys, by the way, we need a five foot over dig for this. So the concrete guys have room Correct. and yeah. Hey, concrete guys, they're coming to backfill tomorrow. So make sure your forms out of the way. They, they don't have time for that. No, so I found no. if I found it's been detrimental to make those contacts, meet your concrete guys, meet your framers, shake hands, exchange numbers and say, Hey man, call me when you're on to your next step. Cause yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get the call from the GC and I don't want to show up. I don't want to show up on a day to backfill when you're flying trusses. Correct. You know, and just having that open line of communication. I mean, I, on most of our jobs, I communicate with those concrete guys or those framers more than I do the GC because it's one of those where it's like, GC, don't even worry about it. We'll we're, send you guys the bill. Just yeah, make sure yeah. you pay us. Yeah. We'll talk to the subs. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're square. And I, I prefer it that way. Honestly, I don't know about you, Luke, but um, I kind of prefer it that way. Like I'd rather contact the surveyor myself, tell me when, or tell them when I'm going to be there, stake the building. Hey, it's Doug. Come pin corners, concrete guy. You're good to go. You're staked. Yep. Tell me when you're pouring walls and stripping them. I'll be back. I'd, I'd prefer that kind of line of communication, honestly. And I'd, Luke, what's your thought on that? That's honestly really rare. I am not like, I would love that as well, but I feel like that's very rare in the trades to where too many people do rely on the general contractor to where maybe they don't have all the answers, but yeah. they have a schedule to make and they are just going to tell you whatever they want to try to make that schedule. Oh, the concrete guys are stripping forms. Yeah. Just get on site and you can just backfill right behind them. No problem. No, you can't do that. You know? Well, so, real, yeah. In real life, that doesn't work. No, no, never, it, doesn't work. It, it never works. And I feel like that's why, like, if I have some advice in this uh, little portion of this conversation for anybody else that's listening, like, do take the five minutes to go shake hands with the dude that's following you or that's before you, because it will, it will absolutely change your life as far as operations go. Like, I couldn't name how many fucking times in this last year I've gotten the call from the GC, like, hey, we're ready to backfill tomorrow. And what do I do? I immediately pick up the phone. Hey, are, uh, are you going to be stripped and out of there by 8 a.m. tomorrow? Not a fucking chance. Not a okay. chance. All right, we won't be there. When, when are you going to be? Wednesday? Okay, we'll be there Wednesday. We'll be there Wednesday, yeah, yeah. exactly. And then you always get the call back from the GC. Why aren't you here? Well, I, I, talked, to, uh, I talked to Dan, and um, they're not out of there. ready for us. So, yeah. Little communication. These are a whole other topic. I, you love them. But you hate him. Sorry, Luke. Oh, man. It's a. Uh, do we want to dive into that topic? I think that needs to be another podcast topic. Another so that podcast? we can just right. rant about GCs, but we'll block oh, all of the GCs from listening to it. I, I think we'll, we'll summarize it in this. I think, like everybody else, general contractors are in an immense struggle right now for manpower. Yep. They don't, they don't have the on-site management and they don't have the insight or inside management to properly manage these jobs right now. And that's, and that's nothing against them because I, I get it. Getting labor is fucking hard. Getting management is hard. 
it's it's the world we live in right now but that's that's the reality is it's tough to run a five ten fifteen twenty million dollar job when you've got a person in the office and somebody that visits the job site a couple times a week it's very difficult very difficult and that's just kind of a kind of an industry problem which we can touch on in a different podcast too but (laughs) shout out to them for making it happen though gc's oh absolutely they they definitely do make it happen and i will i will not uh shy away from that they find a way to fucking make it happen and most of the most of the time i will say that's because the internal working parts all the subcontractors decide to make it happen correct because enough is enough and they're like all right man but uh i guess it's me and you we got to figure this out time to get it done yeah Yeah. we're hired to do a job let's do it yeah exactly hell yeah yeah it sounds like luke sounds like we're gonna have to have a few more podcasts uh little concrete little gc oh man we could we could start topics across the board my man a little bit everything there's some good topics on that i don't know if we should have a concrete company on here though because then i'll just be staring at them the whole time (laughs) yeah Yeah. i'm just kidding i love the concrete guys but anyway well matt that was thank you for your time on that that was you know thank you for your insight thank you for your wisdom um yeah man i'm i'm anxious to just continue following along with you guys and continue to watch you guys succeed and hopefully learn some more from you you know i i took quite a bit from this podcast myself so no i I absolutely did too i appreciate you guys thank you for having me on um excited to follow both of you guys keep seeing what you're doing i think we're it's cool kind of seeing guys in different regions too it's good seeing what you're doing over in north dakota and my boy down there hanging out in phoenix where it's nice and warm let's yeah. go looks like a <laughs> sorry guys guy right now that also we're we're always good for a, at least one winter vacation down there a little flight down to mesa so we yeah. might have to you golf swing golf yeah i was just gonna say let's go swing the sticks yeah. and uh, let's go have a good time swing the Cross sticks golf like a 120 130 hey <laughs> on nine I'm, right yeah, on, on nine hole. Score? Or are you talking yeah. temperature? On, on nine. Both. <laughs> I'm talking eight. I'm talking eighteen. Actually, I'm talking nine, and I'm talking. <laughs> yeah. It's like an eighty-two, eighty-five. Yeah. We'll, we'll catch. We'll catch a good buzz though. It'll be a good That's time. Funny. Yeah. We'll have fun. Doing, we'll have fun doing at least uh, quadruple bugs on everything, every go. single hole. Hell yeah, man. Well, Matt, we appreciate it. Luke, thanks again. It's always good to see you guys. And uh, see you boys later.